Hi everyone, welcome to an official podcast. My name is Oleg Sapischuk. And I am Peter Schmalfeld. We are doing episode number eight today. And uh, who's our guest, Oleg? Our guest is amazing guy. I following his LinkedIn. I always like his posts, not because I just like the guy. I like whatever he posting, and it's really as for me have a valuable impact on the community. It's Abhijit Mishra. Abhijit, hi, hello, how are you? Hey, hey guys. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. So uh, we were chatting before the podcast with Abhijit, and were like, you know, guys, it's. A lot of going on here and there in terms of on-demand sandboxes, right? The people sharing their pain points. Uh, people, some people love them because they give them new flexibility, new features. But most of people actually struggle with them. And today we want to unleash, like, what we can do with them, right? What? Abhijit, you managed to do with them. What is your opinion in terms of the on-demand sandboxes? Like, what do you think in general? Like, is it a good thing to the community what happened that where those on-demand sandboxes were introduced and how we can improve them? So let's maybe start from the very beginning, like how you actually ended up trying to solve something for the on-demand sandboxes. Sure. So, you know, when you said that, is on-demand sandbox is good. And then I'm seeing Peter, he's shaking his head. I'm literally laughing my head off. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, I, I'm a fan, but uh, yeah, it's like there's room for improvement for sure. That's right. So uh, the one thing we realized when Salesforce moved uh, their SFCC uh, you know, whole platform to the on-demand sandboxes, the, they, they, they did not, or I would say, the way to access the on-demand sandbox was one of the biggest challenges that most of our customers have actually faced uh, in uh, you know whoever worked with Royal Cyber, and and believe it or not, um, it's it's something that you know it's an ongoing process. We we were ta- we were in constant talks with uh, Salesforce themselves. We had George Hernandez uh, who had actually come in um, that he's the director of uh, you know cloud solutions uh, uh, cloud. Alliances, sorry, Director of Cloud Alliances, uh, George George Hernandez, and uh, he came to us and he said, like, you know, have you guys thought of on-demand sandbox? You know, um, and then we is like, yes, we have, and and the, we've been getting a lot of queries from our customers. Hey, we are now moving to the on-demand sandbox. Is there a better way to access the ODS? Is there because they are using the CLIs, right? They are they are using either the SFCC CI or they are using the Swagger UI. Now, each time you use uh, Swagger UI, you need to create a key. You need to go to the website, put in your details, get your key, come back, apply, and then the key expires and you keep doing it. It's a repetitive process that you keep have to, you know, uh, just waste of time. Literally, it's a waste of time just to get to know if your sandboxes are running, not running, stopping, all the small steps that that can be done in a simple way. You know, people have to do literally, uh, you know, uh, jump, through hoops to actually get it done. So so this is, and we took it really seriously. So how did we do it? We actually use Swagger. We use the RESTful APIs for, uh, from Swagger and create a point and click um, platform. So basically all you have to do is just go to our platform, 
uh, put in your API key. Uh, obviously, before that, you need to register with your um, Salesforce account manager. Once you do that, uh, you put in your API key, then all the, the realm that you're using, right? All the ODSs that are connected to that realm are visible on the platform. And uh, with that, uh, with that uh, you know, visual that you have, you can actually go, you, you can uh, create sandboxes, you can you know, delete sandboxes, you can stop sandboxes, and, and obviously, uh, you know, the best part is you can see the amount of credits being used. The one big problem that all our customers are facing, they have a limit of credits, right? How do I see the credit? How do I see the number of credit that I have right now? How, is, how do I see the number of credit that's remaining? Now, that is something we actually got and we we have put in uh, uh, alerts, we've put in details there. So if you're, if you have, so you know, right, when you start, you get, uh, according to the sandbox sizes, you actually get consume two or one uh, credit, but if you stop, you use 0.5 credit, right? And until and unless you delete the whole, whole sandbox. Now we have developers who just switch it on and then, hey, I forgot to switch it off or I forgot to stop it. And then Salesforce then ding, 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 this is the bill. Oh my God, why am I paying something which I've not done any work on Saturdays and Sundays? Why am I paying for the, the credits there? And then, um, so this is where we created a schedule as well with our platform where someone can go and say, hey, you know what, Monday to Friday, that's it. Nine to five, you're working, done. It gets closed after that. You cannot use the sandbox after that. So you reduce the number of credits consumed, right? So these are some of the things that we have put in on our platform and that really, really helped. I mean, the likes of uh, Tapestry, the likes of Belk, uh, FSA Store. Uh, we have, uh, you know, people like TJC who have come in and, you know, uh, used our uh, uh, platform. And, they, and the best part is, you know, the best part is, we are giving this for free. We didn't. We, we don't want any money out of it because this is something that we wanted to, you know, uh, give it to the to the world. It's free of cost for one year. Let me just let you know, it's just for free for one year because the main, um, the main, the easy ones, the start, stop, seeing the credits, those are all free for one year. And after that, we will charge you something like a very minimal fee because it's on a Heroku instance. We need to pay for the Heroku instance as well, so we're gonna charge you very minimum for that. But uh, that's like an advanced features like, you know, you have time zone reporting or, or time zone usage, time zone scheduling, or if you are looking at, you know, particular on, if you want to create a schedule on a particular on-demand sandbox, you can, you can do that. Uh, you can do that with a platform as well. Those are the advanced features that we're going to charge. For. But at this point of time, it's free for one year. Right, when you said about, so, sorry, I just like, I remember the story, my friend, he was using uh, Amazon Cloud, you know, you know how is Amazon Cloud it is, right? You, you spin up the instance and you pay for, for the seconds that, I think the seconds, right? The recent, mm -hmm. the recent upgrade was actually the seconds. So you pay for, for those seconds you actually used. So their team forgot to turn it off from time to time. They have a glitch and usually they used to pay pennies, like really like cents, cents for, for using it. So they forgot to turn it off on the nights and the weekends, and they got like a few thousand dollars uh, bill uh, in the end of the month. Now imagine when the usual bill was like 50, from 50 to $100, and they got like four or $5,000 in the end of oh. the month. That is huge, right? Like I understand that some enterprises for them for 5,000 to pay for something is just 
it's it's like for coffee or something. But if you have fifty dollars <laughs> per month and then you have a bill like five thousand, that's a lot. So I do understand like that struggle, right? That when you don't use something and you have to pay. But at the same time, like I want to challenge this a bit because when we had those old sandboxes, right? All those standard sandboxes, you didn't even have flexibility to stop them. You would just yep. pay for the full month. I guess the here is the main point is that the platform provided this new flexibility to optimize the cost. There are those APIs, but in order to optimize the cost, you would have to have a team with the technical skills and backgrounds to manage all of that. And you guys, you actually like found that it's not only very technical guys have to manage that, but even for the technical guys, sometimes you want to have just UI UX and all those features and capabilities that you can manage over there. So yeah, big, big kudos for that one. Peter, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, similar stories as, as Olag was mentioning. Wait, um, so I had a client that was recently they lost or whether well, their main senior developer um, had a new opportunity and took it. And then the only person that was left that could manage their sandbox was a junior dev that just started because uh, it was a relatively small team. And so they needed to figure that out. And then um, that API is not the most, you know, intuitive thing for people to figure out, especially when there's all, like, if you're just doing it for the first time, right? Like there's all the stuff like starting and stopping, like uh, mm-hmm. deleting and recreating and all that stuff. So, um, what I'm hearing sounds amazing, uh, but I've also uh, honestly have hadn't heard of it before. So I'm, if there's people out there like me, how would they go about uh, taking advantage of this? Or, um, like, where do they go? Is there a website? You know, how does how does that work? So uh, we have uh, so it's it's very simple. All you have to do is you know uh, just write an email to us or visit our webpage on Royal Cyber. Look for in the search box, just write ODS. All right, the first thing that comes up, go and just uh, register there. Um, you, you. Let me let you know one more thing. I'm a sales guy. I, I'm going to be very open. I'm a sales guy. I'm a senior business development managers. Both of them here are architects. Okay, they hate us. Let me tell you that. So, uh, but this, uh, the, the registration that you do, it doesn't come to me. It doesn't come to me. It goes to my architect, and my architect then brings it to me, right? If I need to connect and start talking about the other stuff. So. There is uh, the 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 one thing that we realized was you know a lot of our SIs right a um, lot of the SIs out there S Town, Valtech or Royal Cyber like us you all those guys are having the same issue and and we thought that you know have it have it for free why not you know we we just just go to uh, royalcyber.com and then in the search box just look for ODS and the first thing that will come up will be our uh, you know, it'll be our ODS uh, management platform. I had, a, I had a follow-up question for you. And then uh, sure. I, you so far seem to have solved most of the common problems that I was actually hearing just from what you've already described. The only other one that I know of um, that was an issue was there is, uh, for ODS sandboxes, there is a, I believe it's 10 gigabyte. Uh, Olag might be able to correct me on the other wrong, but there's an actual like hard limit of available space that's on there. Yes. And if you run, yeah, if you've run into it, um, it's kind of like it sneaks up on you. It's a surprise and you don't know it. And all of a sudden it just doesn't seem to not work. And so it, does your interface like account for that or represent yes, that? Yes, it not? does. Yeah. It does. It does. So it, uh, not just that number of uh, 
the size of it when so when you give uh, if you want to run your sandbox forever so all you have to do is give a minus sign right just a just a negative sign and then it'll run forever but we give you an alert saying that we will be careful because you're going to consume all your uh, credits and it's not good for you we don't want that right we have put alerts if your credit limit reaches to a particular level we have uh, put alerts on the amount of size that you're going after and if that is capable if, you know if you can sustain it right there are people who have who cannot sustain a 10 gigabyte limit is right so yeah we, we've done quite a bit of work on the ods we are and the best part is we are still improving it there's still scope of improvement uh we are our r d team is still sitting on working out different uh, use cases that we have got from different customers and and how to implement them one was uh, one was very interesting uh multiple realm so swagger does not allow you to do uh like it only allows you single realm it doesn't allow you to show on demand sandboxes for multiple realms and and they came to us like i have four realms how do i use how i mean i cannot just keep adding the api key coming back is what's the difference between swagger and your platform i'm like oh yeah that's a good question so we went back to the drawing board and saw how we can actually get multiple realms to come over and show all the sandboxes from multiple realms as well then um you know then segregate it according to the realms that there are there so yeah, uh, it's been a fun journey. If you want one more feature idea, uh, it's sure. one that I just ran into. Sure, <laughs> it sure, seems like if you're doing ODS stuff, um, we are, all the different teams that I've had where we've been working on ODS. It seems like you know there's a, a toss up between if you're using a data import to synchronize uh, like custom preferences and things like that. But mm -hmm. the one thing that's not uh super easy right now is like static assets things that uh like images and content <laughs> and things like that where you know like if somebody has set up one sandbox to try to actually have most of the content in it like getting that same content on the other sandboxes is a chore uh, i've used things like Arc clone which is like a yes a, yeah so yeah <laughs> where you can synchronize all these things you need to write code for it but having if you've already got an interface and you can be like make this a primary one and dispatch this to something else that that oof. That'd be amazing. That, that's a that's a yeah that's a good point actually we have come into this uh space as well we thought of using own backup if you guys uh know about own backup just create uh this one but then the problem you know what the biggest problem is the salesforce commerce cloud is a closed black box you it's it, it, you can do so much with a past solution right if you if you had the infrastructure of it, if you knew what's what's going on in between Maybe you could do, you could realize, visualize, could do something. But the fact is, it's a black box, right? You literally create a wrapper around it and start working with that wrapper. So that's that's yeah. You actually hit me that like, if I would be a product owner of the solution, I would try to evolve it more in the like DevOps platform, like as you mentioned, Peter, right? I mean, if you think about this, right? Like, it's great as beginning. To manage the sandboxes okay the platform gives these capabilities i can issue sandbox i can manage it i can schedule it right this is this is great what i love on those on the sandboxes that i can easily kill them and issue a new one mm -hmm. and then we have an issue with this issuing a new one because if you just just if you spin up sandbox it's not enough because you have to import the data in right you yep. have to import yep. the data the site you have to re-index uh, catalog and price books you have to push code over there but what if like as you peter mentioned right 
maybe we are not talking about setting up sandbox for the developer with his own data on his, I mean, on his laptop, so he can like clone code and run npm run and do all the stuff. But let's say we are talking about sandbox for the demo, anything else, right? So the platform could have those DevOps kind of capabilities to clone the sandbox. You just like, okay, you select the sandbox and think clone. And then what it is do, it spin up a new sandbox. Then it's export all the data from that original sandbox, import into a new one, run this re-index jobs. And then it's just, just download the code from that original sandbox and upload back to another one. Voila, you have a clone feature, right? It's like a DevOps, it's yeah. magic. Oh so, my god, uh, that's an amazing idea. Yeah, you could actually use the Bitbucket pipeline stuff for most of this stuff to just like automate a lot of that, what's already there, but just like maybe specify different branches or whatever. Like that's a really good idea, Oleg. The, so, the main, so let me yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, Oleg. Um so let me let me into a, a little secret. We have tested this with Circle CI. We were very successful, right? Um we are in the verge of working it with uh, Jenkins and Bitbucket as well. Uh, we are trying to uh, also see if we can get in, you know, if we can use uh, SVN and different, different, you know, for source code control so that you know what, you know, what branches are, what sort of clone it is and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we are actually working, RALSAB is actually working on on creating um, integration with the DevOps pipeline. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, for me, I see two 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 parts of, of this feature. It's like one part is when you want to really integrate with existing code versions, right, to pull and build. But another one is like more quick and dirty. You don't need actually access to the code because you already have built code on working sandbox. You already have a data over there. So just download and upload and that's it. And just run reindex. It will work. You don't need anything else. You don't need actually to pull code from repositories, you don't need to run them because it was already built and deployed to the sandbox. So if I want to just have a clone, let's say I have a business team and we want to play play on the sandbox, right? They want to play on the sandbox. They don't need code on their local. They just want a copy of that sandbox that you have over there. And the set you can just like make any yeah. anyway, what I'm trying to say that I was like, going to say that, that yeah, a couple of use cases of that that would actually be useful. I've I've run into a couple of these where uh, we, we're using a company called A360 to do accessibility testing, um, and we run into this issue where like um, you know where where do they test? So do they test in the, the development environment? Do they test in staging? There's more products there, so it's closest right. to whatever. But it's it's also like we don't need them to necessarily test everything. We just need to have a dedicated place that we can give them that we're not going to be like constantly changing. Um, because if we keep doing that while they're testing it, obviously that's that's a kind of a pain in the butt. Um, but also, like even individual like QA processes that uh, like uh, when usually the kind of work that I'm doing, people are transitioning from like site genesis to the Salesforce reference architecture, and so they've got two different realms going on at the same time, and they might not have like the you know the pig instances for. Uh, yeah. development and staging and stuff like that set up yet, but they still need some place to do QA. So like, how does that work while they're transitioning? So this kind of concept is actually pretty powerful. Yeah, um, that's that's true. Especially, you know, when you are on, ex the biggest pain that comes up is when you're on site Genesis pipeline, not even on JavaScript controllers, not even on SFRA, when you're on pipeline, it is, uh, oh my God, I have I have customers coming and they're like, you know, I don't want to move from pipeline. I was like, but why? SFRA is the new version. You, you, you. Anyways, that's a different story altogether. 
I have a question. Sure. So you usually usually the main the main first issue that people struggle with is tetel configuration when you're trying to issue the sandbox uh with SFCCCI. So what is tetel from technical guys is like default is zero. It, uh, sorry, not default. Default is in 24. So the main idea is that if you don't use your sandbox for 24 hours, it will just disappear, right? Disappear. So I, yes. yeah, I know those, I know a lot of those stories when people prepare demo for the pre-sales and someone who issued the sandbox, he forgot to create this <laughs> configuration. <laughs> Next day, demo, voila, we don't have a sandbox, right? Or like developers, new developer to the team. He started from the Monday, he created everything, started to do the coding and then he comes next week on Monday because weekend for 24 hours, boom, no sandbox, right? So just a question, how how you, like in your solution, right? If I issue my sandbox, will it die next, next Monday? Or you like enforce the rule that, okay, it's like the sandbox will, will leave all the time before you will kill it. So um, how we have made it work was you have to give, when you create a sandbox, if you if you give, create a default sandbox, it lives forever. All right. We do give an um, we we do give a uh, alert saying that this is not good. You have to give a time uh, time frame for it. But uh, what we have done is at this point of time, just live it forever. But we and the, but the best practice is obviously that what we tell every customer is create a schedule. Do not do not do not create it for 24 hours and then when you need it, it's gone. Right, so so we we are very particular on that. Uh, in fact, when you create our sandbox, the first thing they ask you is the schedule. It doesn't you you so you can um, edit a schedule that's already been created uh, that's for a sandbox is already there. But when you create a sandbox, you need to create a schedule. That that's by default. Okay, then logical question would be: Did you ever calculate the savings you are making for the customers? Because if they don't burn those points, right? Like, let's say I use, I, I spin up my sandbox and I don't do any start and stop from first of the month to the end of the month, right? And then I would use your solution. Have you have you calculated how much savings you actually like? What because it's a value proposition of the solution, yes. right? You're yes. saving the money. So on average, maybe maybe I don't know in percentages or like maybe in dollar value, you can share like how what savings. Customers sure. Get. So one of our customers, they had two million credits, right? Um, they had a total of two million credits. They came to us. Uh, they were somehow or the other, the two million credits were getting used up within one and a half months, right? And they actually, I know it's funny. I can see, I can see, and and trust me, their uh, SI. They they had a free reign on how to use the sandbox, right? They really never cared about the credits and the credit was on the customer. And the customer was like, I had 2 million credits and it's over in one and a half months. What the hell are you guys doing? It's like, I don't know. You can go and check the CLR. You can check, go and check the, uh, the Swagger UI. And then it's like, there should be a better way. And then when we came into it, we started talking about, um, you know, about a solution. And they came back saying that, Every, so every Saturday and Sunday, the sandboxes were always running 24 hours. So 48 hours of no work done on a sandbox and it kept running 48 hours. And then if you t take 48 hours and you take say two two credits, let, let's take an average of two credits. So that's 
96 um, credits being boom, gone. And then you have one and a half month. So we, we did a calculation and what's uh, what got to, like when they started using the schedules from Monday to Friday, at least from the 2 million, they were able to save up to at least 175,000. Uh, sorry, 1.75 million. So they had like 25, uh, uh, 250,000 credit left finally at the end of the month, at the end of two months, three months, uh, you know, and, and they were able to save that much. And um, obviously, this is very close to the customer and Salesforce themselves. So I do not know what's the costing in terms of per credit when you go over. But um, take us, for example, we used to, so we are an SI and we keep doing R&Ds. All right, on this, we keep spinning up ODSs. We keep, you know, <laughs> we didn't even take keep a track of it. So when, when, um, you know, we got a bill of something like uh, 30k USD for our ODS, and we, and and I, my boss was like, "What the hell have you guys been doing?" And then we was like, "No, no, no. Uh, we need to do something. We implemented it on ourselves first. We tested this platform on ourselves first, and we were able to bring it down from minus 30k to within." whatever uh, you know credit that we had we had like 1.1 million or something we had to we had to keep it in between that and we kept it in between so so um in terms of credits i can tell you you're saving more than at least 15 to 20% of your credits so in terms of money value i think that would be you know between you and salesforce so i, I won't be able to comment on that okay so you you said that like you as a partners you actually started to use it yourself so yes and my question is like your platform, when you said it's free and open for everyone, did you reference only customers or let's say I'm a partner, right? I'm a partner and I also have Samsung boxes. I don't have my own solution, even that, I mean, my next question would be, what do you feel about other solutions in the market? But anyway, let's go in the next one. So if I'm a partner, can I go and just also use your solution? Are you guys okay with this? Yes, 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 uh, absolutely. Uh, the one, the whole reason why we had that webinar uh, with Salesforce themselves, with George Hernandez, was to announce the fact that this is open to everybody. We have our uh, competitors come and use us. eWave from Ukraine, I'm sure you would have known about eWave Consulting. EPAM is using it. Uh, we have people from India and Pakistan, VisionNet, uh, um, Systems, uh, uh, Sapient themselves, Sapient publicists, they're actually using our, our solution. So we, we are not scared of giving it uh, to any of our customers. We are happy to for them to have to use it. And and one more thing, since we don't store any, none of the data is stored in on the platform. None of the data is stored. That is something we keep it very, uh, we, we wanted to make it on the first day itself. There'll be no database at the behind. So whatever is running is real, dynamic. It's, it's hitting the uh, Swagger UI website and it's coming back. So it's the post and the um, this one. So there is no database at the back. So we don't know what's happening on your platform. We we just gave it to you. You use it. If you have any issues, come back. If you if you want to upgrade, come back. I was literally thinking, I'm like, that could be an interesting question, but it could also be like maybe one you don't want to answer. So I'm glad you, <laughs> you just said it. Yeah, because you could do some really cool, like you know, software and service people out there could be. You know, thinking that there's all sorts of stuff you could do for analytics and you know, I know like agencies and things like that to give them recommendations. So, no, but the fact is, uh, you know, when we keep a database there, it's database is a cost for us as well, right? How how do I, if I want to give it for free, right? And 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 the resources I'm using, right? If I have to justify that, 
literally these guys my my developers have worked throughout trust me i i wanted to use another word but then they really they really skin so in 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 hindi you know ghutne uh, gaye that's what you used to say in hindi right it means they have scrubbed their knees off they literally flattened or or you know uh, their knees on the ods platform so and 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 we wanted to make sure that no none of our customers like everyone gets to use it and they get and with through this platform they understand what sort of capabilities we have they understand that we as a partner how good are we how good is our you know developers how, how good are our certified salesforce commerce cloud uh, architect lead developer and how 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 well they work so i actually yeah. fully agree with this one if you like i mean both my hands and my deeply in my soul i'm with you here if you open yourself to the community give something for free like it's it this open source uh, vibe right if you open if you give it to community it's not only that you're doing the good thing that everyone will leverage from it and it will help them but it's also show your capabilities how good are you in something it's like it's like with peter right uh, like solution that you did for the open source they not only help the people but they actually showed me personally that i know that hey peter is very capable with commerce cloud i know that he knows the stuff because he <laughs> was able to create such a complex solution that helps a lot of stuff to the community the same with you guys right having the having this solution and be open for everyone it it helps people it shows that you have capabilities and when you guys uh, were speaking about the data it also triggered me with uh, demand wire with easy if you know that uh, chrome plugin that most a lot of people actually use with uh, commerce cloud done by forkpoint and i know that partners uh, there are a lot of people that actually not to struggle but they're afraid to use it because of the data right they yes because of the data like data can be used by forkpoint anywhere and right. i know that 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 kirill and rest of the team they spent a lot of time to show that they don't use the data that the way how plugin is is organized is still secured in the way but it's still that kind of thing that would stop a good adoption of your tooling it's to show that it's secured right that you don't liberate the data other stuff and i guess the best i mean at least from my perspective the best way to make the code open source but i guess it's but ip stuff right i mean intellectual property you don't want to open source all the code that you did because maybe someone tomorrow will not be you know that fair and will take it refactor no, I, i agree i agree and, and see my my like i said right my my developers work day in day out right they like i said they 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 sanded their knee to the ground just to create this because this we we put our heart and soul into this this is not a side project for royal cyber this is a main project this is one of our main reasons why we we live in this sfcc world or salesforce commerce cloud world as it is so so we 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 so some part of it tells that you know okay I'll, i'll give you an example um you know the konami owner the old konami owner or the guy who used to make the video games uh peter you should be knowing him the one who made yeah, metal gear solid uh, if you've ever played the cheat code the konami yeah. cheat code is infamous so yeah <laughs> the, the the metal gear solid uh, creator of metal gear solid you know what he did that he if if you look at the code of the game and um, and certain lines are there where the first line 
of each and every code actually goes back to his name. It basically it says K A like that. It spells out his name, the first letter of the first line of the code. He made it in such a way because he wanted to make sure the people. It, Konami is a brand. It's, it's a company. But how do you know the guy who created the game? This is how he did it, right? And and there were people who were able to you know figure it out. And I'm not I'm not doing something similar to that case. No, I'm we're not doing that. It's just that I want to make sure that my developers, you know, they get known. They get known for their hard work that they have done, right? And uh, yeah, that's the reason we could have gone up on open source. Oh, no doubt about it. The other thing also we wanted to make sure why it's not open source is because we were scared and we might go wrong as well. There might be certain aspects that we may be wrong, because because you know. It's it's a lot of hit and trial that we have done as well, you know, with different realms, different sandboxes, different customers. So, and if to continue integrating it to to a point where, you know, hey, you know what, this is this is a good framework. Go ahead, you make your changes. Uh, we're not that there yet. Yeah, I think the other issue you might have. I do a lot of open source software, as, as Olog knows, but I think for your specific um, product that you're building, it you also have the challenge of like how many people would actually be able to contribute like because there's not i don't think there's a whole lot of experts specifically on on demand sandboxes that could even contribute if they wanted to who also are going to be familiar with the api backend uh and if it's an internal thing you guys can actually have a little more quality control i think the only negative side would impact would be just um like contributions from outside the the community of of concepts. Um, I, I know Olog's heard me tell multiple stories where like I've had people <laughs> come up with concepts that it would they use the stuff that I was building in ways that I would never would have imagined it um, to be used, and then it ended up becoming a feature just because of the nature of how open source stuff works. So there is a bit yeah. of a trade off, but I yeah I totally understand your your perspective on that. Before I ask my next question, I just want to say that thank you for the idea with the name. I didn't know about this guy, honestly. I didn't know that he included in the code, but I know that today I'm going to the Salesforce style guide of the code and I'm editing that each variable should start with OS. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, one joke on the podcast done. Now, now let's go back to the serious stuff. Uh, so... I, we, we talked about your solution. We talked about the problems and other stuff, but I've seen that community also comes with other solutions, right? Yes. I saw, I forgot the name of the guy, but he, he with few of his friends, they come up with open source, open code solution for, for on the Munson boxes as well. From what we discussed today, it has less features. I also know one, um, one guy from Salesforce, he also did the solution, but he didn't want to open it for anyone. He usually uses it by his own. And I, why I use it, that one as well is just because like, he gave me access and that's it. But it's very also, it's, it doesn't have the same super advanced feature as, as you have over here. I also know that some partners actually did their, their solution similar to yours, but from what you said, it's, it doesn't have the same amount of features, at least when I heard about them, but they don't open it for the world, right? Mm -hmm. So... What do you feel about other, let's say, competitors on the market to your solutions? Like, what's what's your call on them? So or you don't feel is, you have competitors, sorry. No, 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 we do have competitors. I'm not joking. Uh, we have come across a couple of customers who said we had the solution before. Uh, we had used uh, such and such solution, and um, this was missing or that was missing. So one of the things that was missing was a credit report. 
right? Say if our realm based credit report, say what's the total number of credits being utilized by each sandbox, right? And if you can give us a complete report. So uh, that is something that we have added. And, um, you know, we, we take in feedbacks from customers for like these who have used other sandbox management portals. And, and we try to incorporate those things that were missing from them and then putting it in ours. That's number one. Number two, um, good on you. Uh, I, I, if you have made it open source even better, uh, the thing is, um, I'm going to be so. The one thing I am, you know, if 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 you look at me as personal guy, a personality guy, I, my personality sticks to loyalty, right? And um, um, I wanted to make sure that Royal Cyber and Salesforce gets recognized, right? Uh, Royal Cyber, especially. Let me be very open. I wanted Royal Cyber to be recognized here. Uh, we've been in the business since 2020, uh, to, uh, 2000. So we, it's been 21 years of, you know, uh, uh, e-commerce experience that we carry in Royal Cyber. Uh, and for the past three years, we've been working in Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And it's a cutthroat market as a service integrator, system integrator. There are so many system SIs over there. So you need to fight it out, right? Um, good on them for not opening up to the public or not letting, uh, you know, not marketing the way that we have marketed it. Uh, but we 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 did not look at the competition as a competition. Let, let there be competition. We don't mind it. I don't call it as a competition. I call it as how it's like a feedback. I look at them, I compare mine and what's missing, what's better, what's not there, what could be better. In fact, I, I am talking to uh, other SIs as well who created it and they are asking me, you know what, can you look at it? And then I look at it, I send it to my architect and they give their feedback as well. And we give the feedback back to them. We don't keep those feedbacks, right? So, um, so it's an open thing. It's like being open source without being open source. You know, um, sorry, just one thing. You reminded me of Toyota. You know, like how they did. They did similar way. They were doing pretty well with their lean approach, like which we call today Toyota way. But they could go to, let's say, to their competitors, to their fabrics, and go and tell how they actually doing the stuff. They knew their competing on the market there is, you know there is no lie like in the end like you like uh, royal cyber i don't know let's say valtech uh, could come to the same opportunity right as a pro for the prospect and do the same process you will compete over there it, it, it's it's our life it's yeah it's the market where we live but in the end this is like i like this culture where you actually like you know you're doing this stuff you don't you know you're doing this well so let me share it because by sharing and listening to the feedback i can actually make it better Yes. Sorry, Peter. Back to you. Oh, you're fine. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting concept, Abhijit. The the loyalty thing. So one one of the really interesting, regardless if it's open source or not, the fact that the matter is you're you're contributing solutions to the community it for free, right? Uh, one of the like, so I work for a company called Red Van Workshop, and the, we started before we I kind of started there. We had like a I think twenty people. I think we have like a hundred and something now. But um, mm -hmm. they we didn't didn't have any open source projects at all. And so I kind of became an advocate for any of the internal tooling that we do, uh, that we release it to the community. If it solves our problem, it's probably going to solve someone else's problem, um, whether it end up being open source or not. It's just making it available as a solution that people can go get some way. Uh, the end result of that ended up being like twofold. It was uh, people were using, like other developers were using our solutions. Um, and then when it came time for them to look for a new job, like they're like, hey, I know this company and I use the stuff that they're making. 
Uh, likewise, we've had clients that do sys uh, that are looking for systems integrations, and so they are. It's the same thing, right? They they are like, oh well, our our dev teams have been using some of these products, so I guess if we had to make a choice between who to use, probably makes sense to use ones that we are familiar with. And so there is that aspect of of giving back and providing solutions out there. It totally comes back to to reward you. So I, I applaud you for your efforts there, sir. Thank you, thank you, Peter. And 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 um, let me. Uh, Red Van has come to us. Uh, they have looked at us. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? Just one thing about Peter. I know it's not main topic of of our podcast, but if you didn't play the game that Peter hid it on the main side, main website <laughs> of the company, <laughs> you can do it. Try to beat the score, like literally. It's, yeah, it's there's there's like three Easter eggs on our main website. Yeah, we had uh, when I first started there, they had a website that, uh, or they were trying to work on one. So short version of that is that they it was taking too long, so I I just made one for them. So the Red Van website was made by me. But if you uh, are listening to this, I'll give it away for you. Go up to the footer, and then if you click on the van down there, it has a little honky noise. Uh, but if you have childlike curiosity on that van, and you click it a couple more times, you will discover a whole another Easter egg that. Uh, I'm not going to ruin what it is, but yeah, it's it's fun. So um, <laughs> I posted. Did, did it you on did LinkedIn. you play did you play Warcraft? Uh, when like years ago, whenever I think years ago, it, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. When you keep clicking on those ogres, like they keep saying different different stuff, right? So I got that. I actually got to know this by Josh. Josh Linton is one of my really good friends. That's awesome. Yeah, I had someone on LinkedIn <laughs> said that they they thought that they had discovered the Easter egg that I was talking about, but then they gave it to their kid, and uh, the kid actually found the real Easter egg. And I was like, yeah, the, the way you just said the story is exactly right. And then you can uh, blame my wife for that one, because the initial van sound, I gave her an iPad with the website on it. She clicked the van <laughs> and made the little beep beep sound like it was an actual car horn. And I was like, oh, I need to make that a thing. Like that has to happen. But that's that's so smart, man. <laughs> yeah. So and then nice. now people play with it. And then if they play with it too much, then it's just like, oh, what is this? It's a whole another. Yeah, it's it's fun. So I hope they keep it if they okay. end up changing it. <laughs> Look, yeah. this is another idea for your product. You know, you can you can make those hidden gems somewhere. <laughs> and then <laughs> next time we speak, like, you know, like, what's your score? What's your score? Have you used Royal Cyber on the Man's Handbook tool? No, you should go over that at least for play the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me talk to my team. <laughs> and uh, I actually have a question in terms like, sure. look, you're you're solution integrators. That was the main business, right, for Royal yes. Cyber. And yes. now you started product building your own product. How was the impact for the company as that shift? Because I know. I know that some companies try to switch to this, like trying to build the products, but it's hard for them because they, the like organization structure, the way how the mindset is done, it's focused on making services for the customers, right? And here you are actually have to give the value for the customer via the product itself. So how was this transformation inside the Royal Cybers and what you struggled with and had to overcome? Oh, 20 years, buddy. 20 years. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the amount of time it took us to actually... We, we still don't have it perfect. Let me let you know, our R&D is still not perfect. But the fact that we have come across to becoming a certain mature, you know, uh, spitting out good number of products uh, out there in, in the market, 
is because of the 20 years of time that we have taken. I, I mean, Rawl Cyber was there even before I joined it, right? So the history of Rawl Cyber, it starts working. So they started working with IBM WebSphere Commerce. I'm sure you guys, Red Van would have really know about it. You guys know about WebSphere Commerce, right? And then they were, so they kept on working with IBM. They were, they, they were like, you know, okay, uh, just go out there in the market, sell it somehow, sell the services, reach out to people, get it. What they realized was coming into the two, 2008s and 9s that that strategy was not working. They needed to, they need, the, the cold calls were not working, right? It's not like, you know, you just reach a guy and then you say, hey, I, I provide WebSphere services services and, and so it does, it didn't it stopped working or rather I didn't stop working in one day, but it's so slowly and steadily it just stopped. You know, the recognition was not there anymore. So when we started moving towards the end of 2010, 2012, we started realizing that more and more customers are even they if you know they find certain products in the market already. They, they are very costly as well. So they have their own cost altogether. So if I'm working as a service provider, all right, and I have developers, why don't you develop it for me, right? We had people like uh, David's Bridal, right? They come back and they came back and said to us that we need a we need something called a product 360 configuration. Basically turns around the whole product in 360 di uh, you know, directions. So they said, can you do it? It was like, yeah, sure, we just said, who would say no to new work, right? So we just said yes, and we started in, uh, you know, uh, slowly working it out with one platform, and then we saw the success that it brought up to, and then we started spreading it to other platforms as well. That's why, it, that's why I'm telling you, it took 20 years for customers. It's it's basically how good you are with your customer. If your customer can come back and tell you his sad story, and you can solve that sad story for them, you're the best. Did it make sense, guys? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely makes sense. So that was great. I mean, we, we spoke today so, about so much, about issues and struggles with on-demand sandboxes. We talked about actually how to build your own DevOps platform, right? And we even have a few, I hope, good ideas. Maybe some of them will be implemented. Let's see in the future. No promises, right? We also talked about the savings that you can make with, with this solution in terms of real money, right? And this is a value proposition that you actually will save your money. That it's also open for the partners, not only for the customers. So, guys, we will put in the description as well the links. Abhijit, uh, you will share with us, right? After the podcast, yep. all the links, we'll put them just below the video if you're on YouTube or on podcast, we'll put this in the description. Peter is, you know, the wizard. He will figure out how to do it in the best way. And this is the time that we are usually giving our guests the prime time. It's a time when, you know, we don't ask questions, but it's your time to speak. Abhijit, what do you want to say to the community? So, okay. Um... I always wanted to say this. I really, I, I, I am, um, I was not a big fan of Salesforce. Let me be open. I, I have seen IBM WebSphere Commerce. I've seen SAP Hybris or SAP Commerce Cloud as it's known as. I've seen Adobe Commerce. I've seen Shopify. I've now seen Salesforce Commerce Cloud. I was, at, at the start, I really thought that Salesforce Commerce was, it's, it, didn't, it didn't have 
you know something that was different from say a shopify or a magento or a you know sap commerce but when i started learning about it right i started using it i myself have uh, ods <laughs> funny to say it <laughs> i know i i don't do much i don't do i don't code no i don't code so recruiters don't call me for coding <laughs> so i don't code uh, the fact is uh, I can still use the storefront. I can still use the back office. It's it's very easy. I give demos on my own. That's how Salesforce made, taught me, right? That's how the platform actually taught me. Yes, no platform out there is free from bugs. Every trust me, there's a problem. Uh, you know, a lot. The, the the point is, Salesforce they work on it, right? Okay, let me let me um let me give you a trivia. Did you know how the term um, Apple App Store uh, App Store came into place? The App Store? No. Okay. Salesforce had App Exchange, right? They had App Exchange. Steve Jobs literally went and asked Mark Benioff, "Can I use it as an App Store? Can I give my name as an App Store?" Right? And Mark Benioff said, mm, "Go ahead. It's yours." Right? So that's how good Salesforce is, and that's the that's the idea of Salesforce. The Ohana, you know, expert the, the 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 word itself is is what makes me you know excited. Sometimes you know cry as well with some of the problems that they have, but still, you know, it, it's it's a churn out there. All those um, SIs out there, big, small, tiny, one man armies, go on, keep working. You have Peter here, right? You look at where he has brought Red Band Workshop, right? He ha he has literally the way he. It's a different it's a different ball game, and 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 you know if if you are out there, work it out. Trust me, Salesforce Commerce Cloud is going to make you money. Thank you very much. I I see it as inspiration. What really hits me, Sohana, that's really what I felt as well when joined. I mean, when actually Salesforce acquired Demandware, that's when I started to feel Ohana because Demandware was more closed platform than when Salesforce came in. I felt Ohana in this community. And then when we when we started an official community, and this is from where we are right now sitting together and speaking today podcast is initiative of an official community this is where i met peter actually right that's yeah. so i i know this ohana feeling is not only like inside the salesforce it's outside the salesforce it's this vibe the sharing that connecting the people and forcing them actually to do the great stuff so i'm with you i was you here so, uh, very much thank you very much for today i really love the discussion that we had uh, for whoever from Salesforce hearing us today, uh, we didn't we didn't say anything bad. Always was <laughs> a honest feedback. Always yes. a honest feedback today, right? So, and it's important to hear those feedbacks. It's a, it's important to hear them because if you don't hear, you cannot improve. That's why we That's need right. them to improve. So, thank you very much for today. It was an official podcast, and we spoke today about on-demand sandboxes. See you next time. Mm -hmm.